Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm with the wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome everybody. Hey, we're glad you're here. This is Man Up, Man Up podcast number, what, 120? Wow, hard to believe. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang. If you're in water, well, you could be in Dorian on the East Coast. But go a little farther west and you'll find Texas. Southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we are. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys, but tonight we have a pastor in our midst, Pastor Larry Post. Uh, my name is Bill Cox, I'm just basically a sales guy, and I am the host of uh, Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men, and what we do is we just try to dig deeper into the scripture and apply it to our lives. And what we went through previously, of course, we had King David, and we unwrapped the onion with King David's life, and we went through just, what, how many chapters? There are, how four, many, four? there are 42, I think 42 sticks in mind, between First and Second Samuel that covered David's That life. covered David, and it was awesome, and it was just doing the, uh, doing the onion, and there's so many, not only things that he did that applied to my life, and what Robert said many times applied to uh, work work situations and stuff. Now we're coming down to the law. This study, this is something that might make you a little bit uncomfortable as as kind of me too. So, but you know what? Hey, that's the thing about the walk of faith. We're here walking with you, and sometimes stuff is not easy and. That is why we are here. You probably thought you might have found us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, and thanks to the professor, we're now on iHeartRadio. So we're so glad that you tuned in. We are in the Connect 360 Pillars Still Standing After Centuries. This is we are talking about the Ten Commandments and We've got a great group here, but I'm going to go ahead and talk about the guys that aren't here right now. Deacon Kyle, he decided to skip out, take a little vacation, and he's in Washington having a good time. And the judge, Michael Cropper, he must have been on the same plane, only he went farther. He's in Juneau, Alaska, so... We're going to be out with those, without those guys, and we hope they're having a good time and they're safe and they're back in a couple of weeks. But what I do want to do is I want to introduce the fellas that are here. And what we do is we introduce them not only by the press profession that they are, but also maybe some of the passions or some of the, some of the hobbies that they have underlying so maybe you'll identify with one of these guys and their point of view a little bit more than the others and we're going to go ahead first and he is a world-class policy writer but he's also a professional gambler Mr. Steve Titch is here with us and a world-class trainer who works for a fortune 100 <laughs> <laughs> company dang 
Robert Koshu. And he's probably pretty close to moving back into his own house here pretty quick, too. Nine out of 33 cabinets were damaged. Though. Oh, uh, not a good ratio, but <laughs> hey, we're praying for him. And our guest pastor that is with us, so if you'll notice that I'm on my best behavior, it's because we have, I think, your profession, previously, you were like a, an accountant, right? You were a finance guy. He was the guy I was That's right, that's right. Okay. That's, that's right. So, so if you don't check your wallets, he will. So, Larry Post, Pastor Post is here. And, so, and we're glad that you're here, too. We are talking about the Ten Commandments. And this series, we are pretty much going to go one by one commandment and I'll tell you what sometimes we gloss over stuff it is hard to gloss over these (laughs) lessons so and without any further ado and just if this is your first time listening what we do is this we basically go around we have an overview each of the individuals on the panel gives a basic overview of the lesson because we understand Men are busy, and sometimes the, each of these lessons, they don't necessarily speak to you like other ones do. So we give you the opportunity to just listen to the summary ahead of time, and if you got it, hey, awesome. But then what we do is we'll read the scripture, and then we have more in-depth and intense discussion afterwards where we dig in deeper and of course if you have any comments or questions you can post that on our facebook page that is at man dash up and so with that sorry to be so long-winded but just wanted to make sure that everybody kind of knew what the ground rules were so you knew what to expect i'm going to start out with having uh, an overview by mr steve titch oh, uh thank you uh bill uh very quickly this is the first commandment um and it's who is your god who, who, who should your God be? But who is your God? And it's sometimes easy because it's it's written originally for a people who were surrounded by cultures that worship literally other deities. Uh, uh, and, other, and not only that, but they were polytheistic. They, but and you know they, right. they they had a name for Ra, the sun mm-hmm. god, or or um, the Sumerians or the Philistines, Baal. Uh, and here we have uh, we have the God saying, "Well, they don't even exist. I'm I'm the one you should be worshiping." Uh, so nobody goes around worshiping Baal today, but we do worship a lot of other things, uh, whether we think we're doing or not. And I'll, right. I'll leave it at that because we have we have a lot to mine here. Right, right. Professor Koshu. So. As we start this, so we're starting with the Ten Commandments, and we're starting with the very first one. You shall have no other gods before me. Hey, I was going to read that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, really uh, come on now. So, you so you're going to have to do it in your voice. But we're starting with, and as Steve said, it's the question is, is who is your God? And... We're going to get into, there's, there's some corollary verses we're going to read around that that we've talked about and we're going to come out and see. And just kind of to sit and think about who is your God, who do you worship, 
And and I think this is one thing I want to start with. I want everybody to kind of have in their head as they think through this is when you hear worship, when we talk about it, and I think I think this is where we're going to try to go with this, is I don't want you to be thinking, what do I do Sunday morning and get up? <laughs> There's mm-hmm. so much more to it than that. And I think that's going to be where the rubber's going to meet the road with this discussion. Excellent. Pastor Post. Okay. Um, well, the thing that kind of stuck out to me was in this passage, what God is doing is he's beginning to deliver the moral law. And that's obviously the Ten Commandments. that we That's the law that we, we think of. But very shortly thereafter, he's going to also give the two other parts of the law, which is the civil and the ceremonial law. And so what we, we think of is, okay, we look back and we say, well, that's, that's the law. But what Christ did when he came was he perfected. He, he says, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to perfect that. And what he perfected was... In effect, he did away with the need for the civil law, with the, the ceremonial law, and parts of the formal uh, civil law, but he left in place the moral law, which is this Ten Commandments. And um, as Paul will later point out, that um, the, the law was not given to provide a means of salvation, but it was given simply to point out the sinful nature of man. And that's where God is starting right now with this first bit. Well, and you know, each of these guys, that is awesome. You're awesome summary. But say you're out there listening and, and you're kind of simple like me. I look at it as, hey, if you're going to join the team, this is the first rule of the team. You're going to have additional rules but do, if you're going to be on the team, this is the first rule. If, if you've ever been in athletics or like me, if you've ever been in the military, there's the initial indoctrination to the team that you have to do. And this is the and this is the first one. This is the first test. This, well, look, this is absolutely the first it's test. It's really well, the first commitment. It's, yeah. it's setting the authority, right now. You know, this is this is what this is what everything that's going to come after this boil is is because I am I am God. I am the authority. I am. We already has we have introduced him as as I am earlier in Exodus. I am who existed. Period. Um, before and after, uh, and so so this is this is this is a huge concept that's being delivered to a group of people uh, where all around them are other are other ideas of deities that are so limited. And think about these. And th- another thing that hit me is think about these people. Okay, m- m- me for example. I don't know what my great-grandfather did, maybe a farmer, but I know my grandfather was a pig farmer. My dad was a pig farmer. I probably should have been a pig farmer, okay? These people have been under 
had been slaves under Egyptian rule and following those gods for 400 years. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's all they knew. And so here they come out. Imagine, and not everybody's young. Some of them might, might even have been my age. Can you imagine the disruption in your belief system? Here, you're leaving everything you knew, okay? And not only familiarity of where you lived and what you did and were told to do. And you were paid to leave, by the and way. You, <laughs> right. And, and think about how many generations that 400 years represent. Exactly. Yep. And, and, and then to go out and then all of a sudden, and then the first thing you're told, this is what you're to believe. And you're not really asked, you're told. Well, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to, that was a great analogy you did on the sports team, and I'm, I'm going to kind of take it a little bit and throw a little bit out there, because I really liked it, because I saw it this summer. So my mm-hmm. youngest son, for the past two years, has been a student equipment manager with the University of Houston. So he has worn nothing that is not branded University of Houston or Nike, probably both brands, for the last two years. Over the summer... He got accepted into a grad program. He is now the graduate assistant equipment manager for Northwestern State University. Guess what stayed home? All the UH stuff. All the UH stuff because not only UH was a Nike school, Uh Northwestern State is a Adidas school. (laughs) So you can even take your brand and stuff. Yeah. But but that was a great analogy because he literally... Had to flip from Cougar Red all day, 24-7, to now he is, I think they're the demons, demon purple. <laughs> right. You know, and that and, and that's a great analogy you made because it really is the first jump. And it's the first, and it's the first thing. It's the first thing. I mean, there's this, gonna be many others. Yeah, I, what, what has just come up though, though this is this is interesting because it's it's huge because this is the beginning, really, of the Jewish people. They, they, all in, they, they had a monotheistic idea. It obviously stuck with them through 400 years. But this, we, we, they just had the first Passover a, a month or two yep, before right. this happened. Right. All the festivals that Jews have today are in the future. Um, the, the, you know, Ruth, um, Esther, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. everything, everything that, is, that is commemorated hasn't happened yet. They, they're basically held together at this point by, exactly, a common ancestry. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The right. God, and, and this, is, this is the God of Abraham. It, it is, it, it's Yahweh, but there's, there, that's, this is the one right now the, the the document, the covenant document that's going to bring together this And people. think <laughs> about how difficult it is to keep a culture together without your own land. Yeah. I mean, think yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Just the commonality mm-hmm. of people is the only thing you have. Right. The now commonality camp- of relationships. You're camping right now in front of the mountain. Right. <laughs> well, and also you think about what was one of the primary things that the children of Israel were designated to do. One of the main things they were designated to do was bring about to the world the concept of one true God. And this verse 
formalizes that charge, if you will, and says, okay, you've now been chosen. You've been designated to bring about the word of God, and I am he. I am who I am. And with that, thank you, Pastor Post. I'm going to channel Charlton Heston, and I'm going to read our text for today. Exodus 23. You shall have no other gods before me. So much for the text. <laughs> I, you know, and the thing about it is, uh, and, and one of the reasons why, to me, it was so, when I read this, that it was so indicative either of being a sports team or being in the military, once you decided that you were going to join that team, you had to work. You had to put in sweat. You, you had to sacrifice to be a part of that team. And then when you finally got ready, it was a declarative sentence that you are a part of us and this is what you will do. And I get that feeling with the very first commandment. You are part of us. This is the first thing that you're going to do to be a part of us. And that's what it reminded me so much of. So let's, I, I, I like the one verse. Let, let's hit, there were three others the writer suggested. Yep. Let's hit those three real quick. And so <coughs> Bill, here you go, said he was going to get Joshua 24.15, which I I. I I, when I saw it, I couldn't place it, and then I remembered that it's like one of my favorites, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Yeah, and then follow that with 1 Kings 18.21. Steve was kind enough to find all these for us. <laughs> Again, they, they come from the author of the, of the study guide um, from Baptist Way Press. Uh, Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. And then Matthew 6.24, jumping all the way to the New Testament, you know, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. And then the, the one that, that everyone seems to always remember, you cannot serve both God and money. <laughs> well, and here's another point about uh, each of you that are listening out there, just like us in this room, we're all on our this path of faith. And, and, and faith is important to us. And that's why we, we come and we worship, we pray, we come together and do the podcast. But it, uh, each of us, it's kind of a, our own mosaic of how we go through our life. And it's not a straight line. It's up and down. And, but I depend on a lot of my upbringing because my 
grandparents were Mennonites, my parents were Methodists, I belonged to a Baptist church, the Protestant is just pretty much in my nature. Think about the people that maybe weren't people necessarily of faith, and they probably just, yeah, you know, they're kind of lukewarm and everything, and then all of a sudden, they have to make a decision. And that, to me, I mean, if you're not a person of faith and you haven't been working on it for a long time, that could all of a sudden really shake your world. Your foundation. It, well, absolutely. And, and, the, and, and now we're going to talk some of the culture, but, but let, let's spend just a moment with this, I think. So the author makes a point of talking about that we live more in the world of, Acts, of the Athens of Acts 17 than, Jeru- than Jerusalem of Acts 2. Acts 2. Um, and if you, if, if you would say it, King David and the prophet Isaiah in Jerusalem, when they talk about Acts 2, be like, oh, yeah, yeah, King David. Oh, yes, oh, yeah. If you were Paul in Athens going, well, let me tell you about King David and the prophet Elijah. Everybody mm-hmm. in Athens would have went, who? Uh-huh. <laughs> or, huh? Right. And we're living in a multicultural, pluralistic, melting pot world right now. And even more, does anyone, and I'm, I'm thinking Steve knows the answer to this, does anyone know what the fastest growing religion, when they do the survey out, list, list your religion, anybody know what the fastest growing one that is being checked currently? Well, the, it's, but is it, is it an actual religion? It's not none. Is it the it's nuns? None. It's the yeah. nuns. nuns. And, and none, as, no. as, as our past, as Pastor Taylor put it, N-O-N-E. Which actually I will put, I will put, I would, I don't call that, that's, that's convenience. Yeah. That's exactly what we were talking about last week. That's basically designing my God to my measurements. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so, so with, yeah, but, but it, it's beside, it, it is a fact that that seems to be the most popular way to approach God. And out of that comes moral relativity. Yes. Right. Very yes. much so. Yes. Um, but what I, what I like about these sections um, is that the, there is a dichotomy in each. Um, sometimes it's gentle, sometimes it's not. Uh, Joshua says, you know, hey, serve your God, but at my house we're serving the God. But uh, both, uh, both Elijah and Kings and certainly Jesus and Matthew lay it down as you really can't do both. <laughs> you have no choice. <laughs> you have no Choose one. Choose one and see where it gets you. <laughs> and, and that section from well. Joshua mm-hmm. is right before Joshua's death. It's part of mm-hmm. his final charge to the people of Israel. Right, right before they go into the, yep. into the promised land. Yep. Well, it's people nowadays, and I think it was the millennial that we have in our Man Up class <laughs> that said this, you never hear anybody talk about God unless they need a lifesaver. Or if they'll never, they'll never pray or anything unless things are really bad. God is the, is the lifesaver. And what you don't understand is this. If you don't practice reverence, that lifesaver may not be there. He's the 911 call. Yes, exactly. We, we don't have... 
mostly in this situation in, in the United States and, and in West, let's, say, let's say United States, uh, religion is an under th- is an under threat the way it is in other countries and in in in, in the third world in Africa where people still there are, there are Christians in the world today who are dying for their faith just like we talked about how Polycarp was doing in in the second yeah, century right, right. you you they they basically are given the choice renounce your God or, or we or die but. And, and so that is that is what 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 some Christians in this world still face every day that we blessedly do not. But I, I do recall that the Columbine shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, a girl. A girl. Yeah. Yes. One of the shooters pointed a gun right at her head and said. I, I, don't, I don't know if he was articulate enough to say, are you a Christian? But I think he asked about her belief in God. And at that point, she did not renounce it, and he shot her. Right. Um, and that, so this is, so this is, this is, but this, uh, this is the ultimate where it gets to, is what are you willing to do? I, I mean, are, how, how much faith do you have? And I think it comes down to, again, what, where is our faith? Because, because sometimes Jesus says, "Where where where your treasure is, there will be your heart." Also, where is your where is your faith? What do you have faith in? When you when you approach a nun or an or, or an N O N E nun, or any any person, any secular person who says, "Well, you know, I don't believe in God," they're putting their faith in something. What it, and they oh, I have no faith. Their faith is in something. You just have to start asking some questions, and you will find it. And it can be any number of things. We may talk about that afterwards. And you, talk, <laughs> you read the Matthew passages. Yeah. And where he talks about you can't serve two masters at right. once. You either will love the one or hate the other or whatever. Basically, that's the question that we as Christians are asked when we make our profession of faith. Yep. Because we are, we're not forced to, but the choice we have to make is you either follow Christ and his teachings and his doctrines and his ideologies and his love, or by default, you have chosen to follow Satan. Yep. There is no middle ground. Right. There is no middle choice. You either choose Christ or by default, you have chosen <laughs> Satan. Well, and, and I think that's where the world gets more confused because the world thinks, and I think this is the grand deception, that there is read screw tape. Screw tape is great. Mm-hmm. Screw tape letters. Yes. Screw tape letters. Yes. Yes. Is a fantastic mm-hmm. book that talks mm-hmm. about this. That the world thinks there are choices that you can serve God, or mm-hmm. you can do the and and you can yeah and, and God and yeah you can do God and you can serve your social media accounts. You can serve the celebrity sites you follow. You can serve your job, guys. <laughs> I, I I'll, I'll be I won't even be that's I won't even be that that trivial. I said, people serve serve their jobs. Yep. Their their the company they, their employer. Yep. Um, they really they, sometimes they really buy in. Doesn't it's, it, it's you see that sometimes more internationally than you do in the U.S. There's a little less loyalty than there once was. They serve their family. Mm-hmm. They put they, they they put their family. They serve they serve science. Yep. Uh, we have to, they, serve, they, they don't talk about it, but they serve sex. Sex is. I think I love that the the 
the author says, if, if an Egyptian, if an ancient Egyptian popped into American culture, he'd think we worshipped the god of sex. Oh, that, that sex was, and he, and, and he wouldn't, you can't fault him for believing that. Um, we, worship, we worship psychology and sociology. You are what your background is. The skin, you're, you're nothing but a compilation, and everything you do is determined. Oh, your ego and your you're determined by ego, you know, or or your or your so or your pat or whatever. Or your the sum of your experiences. It's it's totally existential, and and you can go on to that, but yeah, and look the way, and people are honestly, you know, act like they do that. <laughs> I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's how they base their decisions. Somebody <laughs> super intelligent one time told me that. We do three things. We work, we play, and we worship. Oh. <laughs> we worship work. We we well, we work. We worship, worship work, work. Work at our play. Work at our play. And play and at, play our, play our, worship. at <laughs> our worship. Yeah, I wanted that, to that get came that. That came from me. number three. Oh, he remembers <laughs> that. And that came. <laughs> yes. I'll credit it again. That the I heard that originally from Pastor David Hanley. Who the last I heard is in Mesquite, Texas, at a Presbyterian church. But that was some years ago. He was in Evanston. He would say that often in many of his sermons. And that is excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our hard break. This is Man Up Up Podcast number 120. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is Man Up. Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys, except for Pastor Post has joined us today. And we're in the Ten Commandments. And where we get this lesson from, we're in the Connect 360. It's from Baptist Way Press. Outstanding. We finished up the study of David, and we're starting this new study, Pillars, still standing after centuries of change. And we're talking about the Ten Commandments, and we're on commandment number one. You shall have no other gods before me. And one of the things that we had talked about in the in the previous section is uh, what we were talking about is how some people, like Steve brought up, the, the uh, young girl in Columbine, who wouldn't renounce her faith and was killed by one of the sh- one of the shooters there? In the Man Up class, we have a gentleman who served in Vietnam and was in Marine Recon, and he said one time, he goes, "There's nothing more true than the fact that there is no atheist in the foxhole," and I think part of that is about American life because we have engineered our life to be so easy and to be soft there's not that many challenges that we 
We haven't either saved for, we have insurance for, we have friends that will bail us out for. There's, there's very few times when you're really on your knees saying, please God, deliver me. There's very few moments in life like that. And growing up on a pig farm, I remember several times when it was just man against animal, me against the, the animals on the farm. And I needed to be delivered. I about got my arm ripped off by a pig one time. I, you know, and I've been gored before. It, the thing about life nowadays, it's almost as if we've made it, I don't want to say easy, but there's only a few times when you really are down on your knees and, and actually need God to intervene. Supposedly. <laughs> Supposedly. Oh. Well, okay. no, wait, wait, wait. No, all right, all right yeah, yeah. Pastor, go ahead. Uh, what, figure on that. Go, keep going with that. What happened the day after 9-11? I'll guarantee you, if you went to any church in this nation, it was overflowing yep. with people. A very good example. Yep. Excellent. And within, I'll be very generous and say, Within a month, it was back to status quo. People month and a half. I, I would agree with that too. Month, okay. okay. I'll give you a month and a half. Yeah, this one took a little longer because yeah. it was so yeah. in your face but on a, TV. But, a, but, but the point is, a relatively short period of time after that. But that's no different than the children of Israel because they were sitting at the foot of Mount Sinai. When this very document was we being penned, if you will, in tablets of stone, what were they doing at the foot of Mount Sinai when this was happening? They were building a golden calf. It, I mean, the, it, euphemistically, the ink wasn't even dry on the tablets before they were going astray, shall we say. Well, but they had, okay, all right, I get that. Understand this. The document had not even be, been presented yet. They, That's they, right. I mean, they were, um, what, a million plus people that were, had, that were freshly out of bondage and honestly didn't really know what to do. Except for three main things. They had just recently approached a big body of water and they were faced right. with how do we get across this with the fact that they had the Egyptian army hot on their tails yep. and what happened? God parted that, water. allowed them to get across and drowned the Egyptian army and from that day forward until that, till that now they're at the foot of Mount Sinai, they had a pillar of fire by night and they had a cloud by day that was guiding them every single step to get them to this point. But if you read the Old Testament, you know that the first generation was very cognizant, was very aware of God, followed, but the next generation fell away. The third generation after that 
to the point to where by the third or fourth generation, they were just totally ambivalent until it came along that they needed something to deliver them from the whoever the invading army was or whoever was what was happening. And then they had their 9-11 moment and fell back on their knees and the process started all over again. That reminds me of a Jewish proverb that I don't know how my grandfather ever ran across it being a Mennonite, but he told me many times, sandals to sandals in three generations. A, a generation starts in sandals, works hard, makes something of themselves, and really does something great. Second generation can keep it going a little bit, but never exceeds what the first generation does. And the third generation, since they have no connection to the struggles of the first generation, drives it into the ground. Mm -hmm. Sandals to sandals in three generations. Sufficient to the point that by the time the prophet Isaiah came along, which was, I don't know, 12, 15, 1800 years after Mount yep. Sinai, the prophet Isaiah said in uh, ch uh, chapter 43 of verse 11, 12, and 13, he says, I, even I, am the Lord, and there is no Savior besides me. It is I who have declared and saved and proclaimed, and there was no strange God among you, so you were my witnesses, declares the Lord. And I am God, even from eternity I am he, and there is none who can deliver out of my hand. I act, and who can reverse it? So he, was, he felt it necessary, thousands of years later, if you will, to reinforce the very verse that we're, we're talking about yet tonight. This is, um, this is I think, where if, if there's a commandment that keeps coming back and that keeps causing more problems of the breaching of or breaking of commandment, it's this one. Oh, we, we hear a lot about sex. Oh, they're shaking our fingers. However, the, the, the Israelites over and over again, it's almost, you talk about this, it's almost human nature. It is human nature to go put your faith in something else. It, it, start, it, 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 it starts, wow, this is going on. I'm, I'm like, you're like, you're bringing up their right. pudding. But they'd, they'd, they'd grumble all during the, the 40 years of wandering. Mm -hmm. they'd, they'd found the kingdom, but by, by, by a few generations of judges, we get to the end of judges, everybody's doing what they think is right and and we, we we again there's this there's this real cycle really pulling away pulling away uh it in 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 samuel and kings we read about the shire poles going up uh most of the kings after solomon are pretty solomon much, well, started it All yes the they tolerate and, and it really <laughs> is this is this belief of having it both well oh, we'll throw a few a shari, what I want to pronunciation, poles in the a few idols in the in the uh, in the high temple places. and high the high places, places and we'll, we'll talk about idols next week. But this is this is maybe the hardest commandment to follow and Seemingly. the hardest in in a culture like ours, which has so many things. 
<laughs> which you have AD, you know, just just collective ADHD. Oh, oh, there's this, well, this, 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 and well, and and um, and then yeah, and we've rationalized everybody. Oh yeah. well, you know, the rational. It's okay. It's okay, but it's. If if you it's, really want to tremble in the good book, now. if you want to tremble in the in the Bible, it's not. Right. It's not. And 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 this is probably and, and looking at the, the punishments that get doled out in the Old Testament and the consequences we see in the New Testament, this is a really important commandment, thus first. Why did God what did God tell the children of Israel to do? The first thing when they went into the, the promised land, he said, kill all the animals, kill all the people, destroy all the property. The implication was, I don't want you being tempted even a little bit by the culture of the Canaanite people. But they didn't do that. And within a very few generations, they had intermarried. They were bringing in Baal into the temples. They were doing all of this stuff, not getting back to what you were talking about, getting back to this one commandment. As we're coming down to the end of podcast number 120, I'm going to go ahead and want to get a summary for, uh, from each of the, uh, the fellas here. But I'd just like to throw out my first, uh, my first thought, and it's this. I think back to yet another example uh, uh, of the dog that I talked about last week, whereas uh, we had a dog and he was chained up, and there was a stray dog that was off to the side. And a person that was looking at that might think, wow, how cruel to have a dog chained up and yet this other dog is free. He has the opportunity to do anything that he wants. And yet my grandpa, wise old pig farmer, said to me, see that dog there? He wishes that he could be that dog that's chained up. Why? Because that dog is loved. That dog is fed. That dog is well taken care of. All you have to do is look at the fur. You can tell that stray dog has had hard times. And I think so much of it, people that are not on a faith walk don't understand that all these, all these opportunities and choices that they have, if you're going to be in a sailboat, you're going to get blown by the winds of change. If you're disciplined and you get in a canoe, you might be slower, but you will absolutely go in the direction you are destined to go. And that's what I look at at this first commandment. This is just the first. It's joining the team. It's opening that door saying, you know what? I believe. I am going to take this walk of faith and I'm going with it. Accepting the first commandment. And like I guess it was what professor said that this is the first thing that they that they encountered. 
they probably had no idea what was coming next, but they realized this was big, this was new, and this was going to be them. I think that's important. It's important that we think about that and look at it in our lives. Don't be blown by the winds of change. Get in the canoe and row. Get on the team. That's what it speaks to me. Your summary, Mr. Steve. I I just have, I'm going to have a question. Uh, Half rhetorical, half not, because I'll I'll answer some of it. Um, What sacrifices do your gods demand? Uh, we know we know that's part of any religion. You're going to have to make sacrifices. Uh, in ours, Jesus Christ made the ultimate sacrifice for us. That, that payment was made on our behalf. The gods you worship, if, if for those who scoff or for those who question, what are the gods you worship and what, do they, what sacrifices do they demand? Because they demand sacrifices. Absolutely. And you are paying them. I'll tell you this story. Another, and yeah, it's it's lately Harvard and the Ivy League and top schools have been in the news because we've read people, people are paying under the table. People are being people. People are bribing their way into uh, or, or into into Harvard and to Stanford. Uh, way back in high school, I uh, a friend of I was a friend, uh, um, bright kid. He set his sights on going to an Ivy League law school, which is not a wrong goal to set, but it was clear he would have considered himself an utter failure if he did not get admitted to an Ivy League law school, particularly Harvard. Uh, In my high school, which is a good prep school, but a Catholic prep school, uh, maybe one or two graduates each year got an acceptance, and usually there was a connection. Uh, but believe it or not, the kid it was bright enough. He got accepted, did not get accepted to Harvard, but got accepted into Columbia Law School. Thought that was a failure. <laughs> Can you believe that? He basically said, that was not what I want. And, and he did go, but he went there for, I think, for a year and did get a transfer finally into Harvard, which was very good for him. He was there. He had poor health through most of the time. He got through it, graduated, graduated through law, was hired by a very prestigious law firm, um, uh, both in New York and Washington. I think he ended up in Washington. He did end up in the Washington, D.C. office. But at the end, the last time I saw him, which was some years back, he was very unhappy. I don't know, because this, this is a podcast, he was just... At the end of the day, the sacrifices he made to the god of academia extracted a very heavy price. Excellent, excellent. Pastor Post, your summary. I think that what we have to remember is that, one, there are consequences to our choices, there are consequences to our actions. We all have to make choices. And we either are going to choose to follow the God of Isaac, Jacob, and Abraham, and then subsequently Jesus, or by default we are going to serve whatever our earthly master might be. 
but we are going to suffer the consequences or the benefits or whatever of whatever choices we're going to make. Excellent. Professor. Yeah, I just want to go with sort of what Steve went with. What, do you, what are your sacrifices? But then I also want to talk about what happens when people don't put God first. And we see the consequences of that in the culture we have. Um, Jeffrey Epstein, just, that story just gets weirder every story I see. And I'm the last article I saw regarding that indicates that he was given a very prestigious position in the money management firm that he got because his sales numbers weren't all that. And I can tell you right now, I was in that world for a little bit. And if your sales numbers ain't all that, you don't get promoted. <laughs> you get promoted to customer, usually. And it sounds like Jeffrey's weren't all that great. So what other, and I'm going to use air quotes here, service was he providing to the partners? That just, you know, the people that search for alcohol or the people that end up in, in a human trafficking position, you know, all of this stuff is because people don't want to put God first. Or at a bare minimum, they think God and. Mm -hmm. And you end up in that when you don't do this. And, and I, I don't think it's a coincidence that this is the first commandment. Because it's the foundation for all the three. Excellent. And that first commandment was, you shall have no other gods before me. My name is Bill Cox. This is Man Up. Man Up podcast number 120. I want to thank you for tuning in. We're on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud where we have all of our podcasts archived. You can get a hold of us on Facebook at Man-Up. We have a website which is at Man-UpSpiritualOasis.com and we are also on iHeartRadio. We encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and go and participate and get in a small group setting. Kind of like what we have here at Man Up. Find one that's men only. And if there is one, star one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.